Hi, Rav Judy here with Matzachet Idiot, Perak Zion, Mishnah Zion, dedicated towards the Schut of Rafur Shlema for Tova Miriam Bat Devorah Mindel. In this Mishnah, again, we have Rabbi Yeshua and Rav Papias, who came and gave a number of testimonies, so we're continuing with those on a variety of other issues. So Rabbi Yeshua and Rav Papias testified that these pieces of wood, if you imagine, like, if you go to a pizza shop, you know they have that, like, that thing has a long wooden handle and maybe a little bulb at the end, and then the front end of it is flat and wide, and you stick it in to lift the pizza in and out of the oven. So bakers have boards like that. You put your loaves on it, ovens are hot, and you load the bread into the oven with the board, and then you pull it out. Now, technically speaking, our usual rule is that a piece of plain wood is not subject to tumah. It's a piece of wood. It's not a clay. However, here, it's, it's kind of a specific shape. It has a particular usage. You could say it's just a board. But it's a baker's board. It has a role. So they said that these long boards of bakers are do become tamay. They are considered a kli. They're considered a specific useful item. And so they're subject to tumah. Shorbalazar Matahir. Shorbalazar said, no, that's not a specific useful item. That's just a board. They're using a board, but it's just a board. It's not subject to tumah. It's still tahor no matter what. Secondly, Now, this is referencing a famous, famous case in Bava Metziah Nuntet of Tanur Achnai. Um, effectively, you know, if one makes an oven out of earthenware, you know, clay, brick, it's a lot of money in that oven. And if the oven becomes tummy, that's a huge deal. Well, imagine if one came up with a brilliant way to make effectively something like a Lego oven, an oven that could be taken apart and put together with relative ease, then when it became tummy, you know, you could imagine selling it. Achnai's oven, the last oven you'll ever need to buy because you buy this oven and then if it becomes tummy, you take it apart, it's now in pieces. When earthenware is shattered and in pieces, it's no longer tummy. Then you put it back together. Brilliant move. The question is, is that really work if it's designed that way? So the specifics are given here. We don't go into the whole debate that's over there, um, but it's a very famous episode. So we say that if you have an, an, an oven made of earthenware that's in pieces, so it was cut into parts. There's a little sand in between each part, so they're kind of separated, that it can become time. If you put sand in between, then you cover it with some plaster or something like that, and now you uh, now you can use it, and if it ever becomes time, so you say it's, it either A, can be taken apart, now it's really not an oven, or B, B, it already is taken apart because the, the, the clay parts don't even touch each other. They have sand in between. It's always tahor. What a concept. It's a broken oven that functions like an oven. So Rebbe Lazar Lazar says that that's tahor. The uh, Rav uh, Papias and uh, Rav Yoshua siding with the Rabbanan said, no, it's, it's not. Next. So question, when we have a Jewish leap year, so Jewish months are pretty straightforward. They're pretty much 30, 29, 30, 29, 30, 29. It's nice clockwork. But as a result, the, the, the year ends up being, the lunar year really is 354 days. And it loses 11 off of the solar year pretty much every year. So do that three times, you're going to be 33 days behind on the lunar year. And that's problematic because then Pesach won't be in the spring anymore. And yet it's called Chaga Aviv. So we add in a leap month. What is that month? We usually do Adar Bet a second month of Adar. How late can you declare that it's going to be a leap year you're going to have a second Adar? So if Yoshua of Papia say you could declare it up to the end of Adar. Till the very last day you say, oh, we're starting, a, we're having a leap year and we're doing a leap month starting tomorrow even. Uh, that would be okay. Shehayu Omim Adar Purim because the Chachamim say you only have till Purim. Once Purim in mid-Adar has passed, it's too late to declare a leap year. People need notice. You know, it's, word's not going to get out properly. Once Purim's come and gone, that's it. It's too late, but they disagree.
The next question is that the the Ibor Shana, the um, the leap year, is declared. It has to have the permission of the head of the Sanhedrin. Well, what if the head of the Sanhedrin wasn't around? Can the rest of the Sanhedrin, or if the Sanhedrin wasn't around, they do it together? Can it be declared conditionally, al tnai, that okay, we'll go ahead and we're going to say it's going to be a leap year, presuming that when everyone gets back together and, and are in session, they will affirm that. So Rav Papias and Rav Yoshua said that yes, you can declare a leap year al tnai on condition and then have it be affirmed. And here's a case of that. Rabbi Gamliel, who was the head of the Sanhedrin, went to Syria to go get some permissions or something from the government. So the Sanhedrin declared, we're going to make a leap year on the assumption that Rabbi Gamliel will agree to it and accede to it when he gets back. When Rabbi Gamliel returned, he said, I agree. That was effective. They had a leap year.